All right. All right. The uh, the show is being live streamed. It's being recorded. I've uh, increased the uh, USB output as to your instructions, Dan. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Okay. Feeling good? Well, let's get this party started. Yeah, let's. Uh, we have a little special. Uh, <laughs> okay, all right, Fergie. <laughs> um, let's get this party started. Uh, we have a, a special. Uh, hang on a second. I don't know why that's. Oh, there we go. Uh, a special uh, feature to start to uh, to start today. All right. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Peterborough, our beautiful Brampton studio. That's uh, not a Peterborough. I mean, it's uh, actually in the basement of the yeah studio. Studios. Do you want another shot yeah. at this? Hey, listen, man. Yeah, I forgot that I, you know that. Uh, you know, I'm not, there's, I'm not there's no there. there's no shame in trying again. Hey, hey he doesn't know how old he is. How do we expect him to know where he is? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Do you, listen, man, you're a professional. I think you need another shot at this. You ready? Yeah, a big ramp up to it. Okay, yeah, oh, good. No, all right. Here we go. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, our beautiful Brampton studio, and from our Porto Aventura studio with a nearby golf course. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now, here are two men who spent family day looking at old family day albums, photos of their favorite family moments. So it was such a family thing and realized how many of those caught them sleeping on lawn chairs, hammocks, and couches. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Is this, as I asked you guys, is this family day, boxing day, like when all the... People go and uh, buy discount family day items the day after, you know. <clears throat> and what would be a family day item? Give us an example of a family day item. Well, you know, uh, as Dan just mentioned, photo albums. Um, okay. The decorations. Right, some, something that the whole family can use. Sure. An item uh, like that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A television. That would be a good Well, that's uh, the thing. Example. you got to get to the stores early today because people go crazy yeah, for all no. the specials. Family day cakes at half off. Yeah. It's not family day. You could get trampled in a Walmart. <laughs> this is this is what I'm saying. Um, so what we normally do, as most people know, if you're a Hundy P or a Hundy P since whenever, you've probably gotten the, the vibe that we usually do our emails on Thursday. But because there was so much outpouring of affection for our boy Dan, that uh, Dan, Fred, and I made a decision that we would uh, take a few moments at the beginning of the show to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what you went through, what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as most people would know by now that Clifford the Big Red Dog passed away. Yeah, big moment last week. And, yeah. Uh, it, it's actually, the, the, I, I had read some of the emails already, and I was quite, quite surprised that uh, people would take the time to, you know, to... Uh, Give their thoughts about it. And well, Dan. Very touching. This is the Humble and Fred community. Mm-hmm. Over the years, Howard and I have said this many times. It's a special breed. It's a special type of person that is attracted to the Humble and Fred show. And this displayed it in living color. It really did. 
Mm-hmm. Well, two things. Um, you'll notice that we don't call it the Humble and Fred Nation, which I've always been proud of. <laughs> um, and the other thing is I, I wasn't uh, surprised at all, uh, as Freddie just said. Like, yeah. You know, there was a couple, there's some very heartfelt responses, and there's a couple really funny ones. And uh, what we thought we would do, everyone, is to take a second and acknowledge some of those fine folks Hi, that Hi, took guys. a time, Hi, took a time. Um, if I may, just off the top, I mean, yes, speaking, of de- speaking of dead things, yes. Andrew, Chris- Andrew Crystal. <laughs> yes. Speaking of dead things. Recently. Yeah. He's the one that coined that whole nation thing. Remember way back in the early yeah. Mojo days, it was Mojo Nation. And I don't think he ever got credit for it the way he should have. But our dead friend, Andrew Crystal, um, uh, yeah, it was the first I ever heard. Same with that. me. Now, now, I mean, I'm not, it's, you know, it's hard to believe that all the whatever nations around North America and the sports world came from that one mention of it. Yeah. But it, it was the first person, you know, mm-hmm. like yourself, that I'd ever heard somebody call it. Okay, so uh, I've got, I sent you the emails. It's clearly marked. Hi, guys. Um, who is reading what? So I believe you're right. to start, okay? Hi, Dan. Wanted to pass along my condolences on the loss of Clifford. I'm a Humble and Fred podcast listener and heard about Clifford's passing. Very sad. It was also nice to hear about how great a dog he was. I uh, resisted for a year, but finally gave in to my daughter, and we got a dog, Theo. Theo is our first family dog. I would never have imagined how quickly he became part of the family and dread the day we lose him. Anyway, I hope uh, the good memories you have of Clifford help you through this difficult time. On another note, I love the banter you have with Howard and Fred and almost always feel better informed after hearing your news stories. Really? All the best. All the best (laughs) from Alfonso. That's the part that... uh, Really? You you feel better after hearing the news? (laughs) Okay, well... All right. You know, it's funny that I wanted to mention, too, that my ex-wife, Randy, resisted for a long time getting a family dog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was that that dog, Tucker, that lived for that lived for 16 years, became such a huge part of my kids childhood. And it was such a huge part of our family. You know, yes, in the divorce, I sold it to Randy, <laughs> but uh, that's a true story, by the way. You um, valued the dog and then sold it to her? And they... Well, it was a, it's a long story, but the short of it is that we, when we got our separation agreement, we, we had the kids for three and a half days a week each, and the dog would go wherever the kids went. Yeah. Right. And then she decided that she wanted the dog full time, and I said, well, what's it worth to you? And so I put that in the divorce agreement. And that was a big sacrifice for Howard because never going forward will they be able to name a building after him, a street after him, you know, because he sold a loved one. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, if you were looking yeah. at the kind of numbers I was like, you would have sold one of your kids. Yeah, right. Which one do you want? How much do you want for how much do you want for Danny? Um, okay, but thank you uh, very much to uh, I think that was Alfonso. Hi guys, Alfonso, yeah, first it was very nice. Uh, this is from our friend Rod Fitchett. This is for Dan and Clifford. He says, "I'm so sad for the loss of Clifford. Dogs are truly a part of your life and family, and it's the hardest decision in the world to make when you need to relieve them of their pain." As hard as it may be in the next few days and weeks, you made the right decision for Clifford. It wasn't for it wasn't for you, but for him. 
And that is why it's so hard. You relieved him of his pain only to inflict your own. Clifford would have done the same for you any day of his life. I had to let a dog go 12 years ago and it still stings sometimes, even as I write this. You brought me to tears when I heard you talk about easing his pain yesterday. Stay strong, Dan Duran. Loving you, Rod Fitchett. Oh. You know, that's a, that's a great note. And it, it's so true how we can do that. We love our dogs and we can euthanize them. And yet we're still really not quite there with human beings. Mm. And uh, it just seems unfair. Like... Yesterday, I went to visit my mother-in-law, and we put some golf on, and it was a replay of the 2019 Masters was on. And she must have asked me five times what we were watching. And I thought, you know, euthanasia might be a good option. <laughs> what, at, that, what, at that point for yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like, either one of us. Either one of us. Right. <laughs> Come on, doll. Just fucking do me. Just do it. I don't care. If she asks me one more time, just do it. <laughs> No, anyway, no. You know, you know although, what? She's a good sport. Although we have made in Canada strides in yeah. that area, mm-hmm. but that doesn't really fit into my joke. I know, but you did. We did the jokey joke part, but there's actually a thing now that right. you can you can schedule oh, yeah. for you can schedule yourself to be. Uh, I'm not even sure what that what the acronym is, but basically it's assisted suicide. That's what it is. Yeah. Medically You're assisted right. suicide. No, there's been great strides, and uh, it just makes a lot of sense uh, to this guy. Why not? If you're of sound, you know, mind, why not? It's your life, your body, mm-hmm. you know? You can decide whether to get an abortion or not. Why should you not be able to uh, decide whether you end your own life? Again, if you're of sound mind. You know, Dan, I think I said this to you last week, you know. Uh, I can't imagine what what this is going to be like when Stan... The Boston Terrier has to go, but as I've told you, like I'm seriously considering going with him. <laughs> so, did you at any point at the vets think, ah, come on, give me a shot too? Me and Clifford will just will just curl up together, yeah, one last time. Not at all, but you know what? I would. <laughs> no, he's got too many Dan Duran things no, to do. I've got a lot of Dan Duran left to live. But I have thought about that more, you know, since then about, you know, when, when, uh, you know, when would I want to have that done to me, whether or not, Mm. you know, like done to me. I mean, you'd be in a situation where you wouldn't be of sound mind, I suppose, at that point. Like if your mind, you know, if your mind is gone, then what point is there anymore? (laughs) Well, wait, wait a second. Fred just said they have this thing now where when you're of sound mind. Yeah, I know. I think your mind's already gone, is my point. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's the sort of, again, the tragedy of that is if one gets dementia to a certain point, can they make that decision? So Mm -hmm. then it's weird. It's, uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, I'll tell you, having actually watched somebody, you know, with dementia get, you know, Alzheimer's, they don't know. the, the, The suffering is the family. It's not them. I mean, how about well, well of sound mind signing a document saying if I ever get severe dementia, please yeah. take me out. Take me yeah. out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, anyway. I mean, that's really the, the, the cruelty of that of those diseases is it's harder on the family because they're the ones that are still cognizant. Um, all right. See, I knew this would be uh, lots of great discussions. This one uh, is for you, Frederick. Yes, it's from Danielle Hayashi. Uh, I'm so ser- sorry to hear about the passing of Clifford. Dan, uh, dogs are such great creatures, and they quickly become part of your family. They don't live long enough, and it's crushing when you have to make that end-of-life decision. Hope that the memories bring you some peace. Danielle, uh, full-timer since the JD Tool of the Day episode. All right. Interesting that that's somebody who's just started listening to us full time since last spring, because that was the, uh, the the episode. If you want to search it, it's entitled The Curious Case of John Derringer, Disgraced Broadcaster. Um, well, it's very nice that Danielle took time to uh, write that and also to have uh, Danielle along with us Hi guys. so late in our uh, careers. Hi uh, this is from Joe Hawk. And hi, guys, I've just started. To, here's another one. I've just started to re-listen to you. I'm not a podcast guy. I had no idea you were doing this until a couple weeks ago. My bad, but so happy to hear you again. I was quite moved listening to Dan talk about Clifford the dog this morning and wanted to send my condolences. It hit hard. I'm a 45-year-old family man, and we have a 10-year-old Labradoodle as well. I love her so much. I named her after my first love, Burley. Yes, that's right. Burley Falls. We, uh, while we live in Grimsby, our family has owned cottages on Lovesick for over a century. Know anyone else on the lake? <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Take care, guys. Keep up the great work, Dan. Great work. And Dan Clifford is now at Painless Peace, <laughs> taking a big dump on a lush lawn in the sky, looking over you in the pink granite of Lovesick Lake. Uh, cheers, Howard- Joe. Uh, did you see my response to him? You know, I did not. I mean, I'm sorry, oh. I did, but I, I'm sorry, I didn't include it in this. But go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. But it, it, that really hit home for me because when I was about 12 years old, I had a dog, Barney, but we brought another uh, second dog into the family, a little cross basset beagle, and uh, we named it Burley because of Burley Falls because oh. I spent my summers there. We didn't have the dog long. It bit my face, and my dad got rid of it. But we named uh, that dog Burley. So when I read that, I thought, isn't that sweet? I can yeah. relate to that. <laughs> um, that is a beautiful, you know what? That's a beautiful memory. Yeah. Except for biting my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, that dog I had when I met you, I had a seven-year-old. I'd had the dog for seven years. It was a, a Black mm-hmm. Lab Doberman Cross. Beautiful. I love the dog. One of the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen. Like, handsome, uh, but a bit weird. And yes. a bit uh, Charlie's <clears throat> face. And was gone right. the next day. Yeah, you have to. You have yeah. to. Dan, um, speaking of kids, how is, uh, how's our uh, boy Colton, your son? How's he doing with all of this? I've talked to him uh, almost every day. Uh, just to make sure that you know he's cool and you know he's, he's but he's been away from Clifford for a little while so I, I guess the the distance may have have helped but you know the the first moments when I had to tell him mm. you know we were both we were both kind of well we both bald so mm-hmm. we had that moment you know yeah of but, course speaking of but, kids uh, did uh, my kids uh, send you a note. They both did, yes. Good. They both did. It's very much appreciated as well. I just felt, you know, I said to the girls, I said, you know, it's kind of like Dan's in the family, and we all love Clifford, and we all love Dan. And it, and I only bring it up because a lot of people who don't have dogs, you know, don't understand the connection. And Clifford was, you know, 
he was your dog and you're our friend. And so I just said to the, both Charlie and Spencer, I said, well, you know, just be nice if you send Dan a note to let you know you're thinking about him because they were bummed out too. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> Sad times. Sad times. Although there is, <laughs> there is something. This next email made me laugh because... Uh, Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, guys. Fucking, I said this on uh, Thursday's show. And just so everyone knows, I, I, you know, I'm a jokester. I was just joking when I said, by the way, if you really cared for Dan, we'd all, you know, you'd all send him 75 bucks. Right. <laughs> the, the, um, I don't know where I picked that number out, but I thought just to cheer Dan up, I would say something stupid. Hi, guys. So we get this from Eric Tremblay, a longtime Humble and Fred listener. He'd be a, almost a hundy P, wouldn't he? Oh, Pretty easily, much. yeah. Um, Eric sent $75, Dan. <laughs> like, literally sent $75. Yeah. I don't know where the 75 is. Is it still in cyberspace, Howard? Uh, we, it, we, it's no one. No, you have to deposit the money, but I have a suggestion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. A new pair of jeans for Dan? No, no, go ahead. Read the message. Oh, okay. <laughs> the standard gift for a dog's death. Hang in there, buddy. Thoughts and prayers, uh, Dan. Eric Trombley, Hundy P since K-Rock in Kingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you people who don't know Eric, Eric literally, when we were hired by that radio station, like went on a hate rage uh, campaign against us, and then he heard the show and fell in love with us. It's like a rom-com. Yeah. Well, that, that's why I asked about his Hundy P status, because we did the podcast before Kingston, yeah. and he didn't start listening till after or during Kingston. So. Well, he just said it, Hundy P since K-Rock. Yeah. So that okay. would be about right a on. half a year or three quarters of a year. Right. Mm-hmm. As hokey as this is going to sound, we should take that $75, and there's got to be a shelter, Dan, in Peterborough, or maybe the, you know, you want to, you, you tell us where you want us to send that money. And, okay, and, well, yeah, there's there's a humane society. Yeah, it's maybe the Peterborough Humane Society yeah, or to yeah. Dan Duran's pocket. <laughs> or Eric's thinking, they're never going to cash this, so I'm going to get it back. Well, that's what I thought. At first I thought, <laughs> well, we're not going to cash it. And right. then I thought, you know, what would Sarah... Well, Eric's probably working on that assumption. <laughs> I thought, what would Sarah McLaughlin do? Right. And she would donate it to a shelter. Um, here's this uh, one that says, uh, subject line, my heart is breaking for Dan. And it's from our friend Jennifer Kelly. Uh, Dear Dan, listening to you so gracefully share with us your experience of saying goodbye to Clifford was beautiful, touching, and clearly heartfelt. Thank you for sharing your raw emotions with us, us at such a sensitive and private time. I believe in the love of four-legged family members being true love. I'm so happy to hear you say you are at peace with it. Thank you, Howard and Fred, for giving Dan the time to share. Talk about him and remember happy moments of Clifford. Your comforting comforting words and gentle comments sounded so appreciated by Dan. Your friendships with each other are so special. Blessings and hugs, Jen Kelly. Aw. Which is very, very sweet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not $75 sweet. <laughs> the appropriate <laughs> the appropriate amount yeah 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 very nice everyone thank you very much yeah. for that on behalf of dan and the entire humble and fred community yes thank you and now yeah. here's sarah mclaughlin to make us all cry oh. spend all your time waiting for that second chance 
Um, we have a, a program that we're going to do. Dan Duran will come back and, uh, as Alfonso says, <laughs> clarify everything with the news. Um, and our friend Jeff Lumby, who uh, is a, a dog parent and... Um, yeah, more than most. He's had oh, yeah. packs. Yeah. Dan, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff has... Uh, Jeff and Julie have uh, had I don't know how many dogs over the years. In fact... Much like what was your uh, your dog Billy was a golden lab it was a yeah she was a cross uh, yeah. shepherd uh, golden lab mostly golden lab yellow lab yeah and and Yankee was uh, Jeff's dog I actually had Yankee on my lap uh, bringing Yankee home from the shelter where Jeff uh, rescued him. Um, and that dog lived 16 years I think Jeff will tell us but Jeff's had to do this more than once and it is heartbreaking man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got three dogs right now. They're a phenomenal, phenomenal pack. Those, yeah, those it's, I don't think Jeff, I I, rarely in the last 20 years can I remember Jeff having less than two, mostly three at mm-hmm. a time. You know, that's another great thing about the camera phone, because or the phone camera, whatever. Um, my dog, Barney, that I had for 17 years, I hardly got, I got a few pictures of her, mm-hmm. but I imagine Dan, you, and Clifford, and... You know, Mel's dog, Bones. We have just so many fantastic moments caught with those, with your phone. It's, you know, it eases the pain a bit. I have. Well, you're right with Stan. I have Stan. Mm -hmm. I have the day that we brought Stan home a picture. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. actually, you know that. On Facebook, it came up a few times where I've got a picture of Stan before we even got Stan. Like, when the breeder sent us a picture and... And and up till yesterday, he's staying at my buddy's farm north of you. And uh, my buddy Paul sent me a picture of Stan just looking out the window. He's a beautiful angel. Yeah. 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 When uh, Danny's been away quite a bit in California working. And uh, when he got home Saturday night, you should have seen his little dog, Dougie, just totally freaked out when he walked in the door. Yeah, I it was bet. something. It was like one of those videos you see where <laughs> the guy who's been at war and comes home. Yeah. <laughs> The well, dog remembers him. Yeah. You know, it's funny it's because, uh, you know, I'm really happy and it's been a great month here and we have another great month to go. We're going to hang out together in San Miguel. But when I think of what I miss in Toronto, yes, I miss my children, but they won't give me the reaction that Stan's going to give me when I see him after two months. Right. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, okay, Daniel, listen, great uh, to have you with us. I hope you're feeling, I hope that makes you feel better. All jokey jokes aside. Yeah, it does. It's nice to have other people, you know, like uh, people understanding how it is. Sure. And, uh, you know, and, and it's still going through that. It's not, it doesn't go away. I mean, that fast. And there's always moments like, you know, I drop something on the floor, some food on the floor. And, you know, there's <laughs> usually, you know, Clifford, I point to him and he'd, you know, no. hoover it up. Well, you know, and you'd go, oh, now I got to do that myself. Well, don't worry. This summer when you drop food, I'll look after you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought that was the most... Um, wait a second. You dropped something on the floor? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, hang on a second. Dan just private messaged me. He wants to keep the $75. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, all right, Dan Duran. We'll see you in a little bit with the news. Uh, Lumby's coming up in about 20 minutes time. We got a lot of business to take care of. And uh, I got a good story for you. Really? Yes. Is it good? Bad? No, it's great, actually. I, uh, oh. You didn't wreck I'll... anything at your brother's place? <laughs> 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 
It's funny. I was telling my buddy yesterday, I should put up a sign like eight appliance wrecking free days. Um, now I have a story. When Dan comes back, he'll tell you of something that I've done. I did, actually, that I haven't done for a long time. And, and it's the kind of thing where most people now do what I did online. But I did it in person. I'll tell you what it is in a bit. This is what's called teasing forward. Okay, people? That's how it's done. In the meantime, Freddie, what about these fine folks? Well, uh, Tim Niblett's a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim was on last week. Hey, everybody, look at the calendar. March 1st is the deadline for RSPs. If you're in a position to purchase, you've got to think about that. And, you know, you got to make the right purchase as well. Uh, so just something to think about going forward, the type of thing that uh, the Sherpa would remind you of and, uh, you know, stress the importance of. He's uh, the Retirement Sherpa. He's uh, licensed on both sides of the border. Available at retirementsherpa.ca. And uh, Dan mentioned off the top of the show that Aaron Ventures is one of our sponsors. We've been talking about this uh, international junior mining company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. They unearth value. That's what they're doing. You might want to talk to your Sherpa, if it's not the Sherpa. Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. I've mentioned that... uh, One of the things they're involved in is the commercialization of boron. There's very few places on planet Earth where boron can be uh, mined in a commercial venture. And Aaron Ventures has one of them. So check them out. It might be something you want to add. AaronVentures.com Don't 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 be a moron. Invest in boron. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Get her done. (laughs) I'm going to add that. Let me add that right now. Don't be a moron. Invest in boron. Uh, I don't know. Should we save the tampon story for Lumby? Because Jeff uh, sent me a note. I know he's got uh, something to say about it. Um, it's a uh, something that happened over the uh, weekend with uh, the goat, Tiger Woods. So why don't we save that? Um, there's a couple things in the news. We were talking about uh, euthanizing the elderly uh, humanitarily, but... Uh, Jimmy Carter is uh, uh, apparently on his way out. Did you uh, see that story? Yeah, and so he should be at 98. Like, he's uh, he's had a long and fruitful life, has he not? Oh, I would say. You know, he wasn't, uh, his uh, presidency was not very successful, only four years and bad timing and... You know, he got crushed uh, in his first, you know, re-election bid. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, he was quite the humanitarian after that. Well, that's what I wanted to say. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny how t- uh, history remembers people differently. And, yeah, he didn't have the greatest presidency. It was, like you say, bad timing. The, mm-hmm. um, what was the, the I was going to say the Iran-Contra, but it was the... Um, Gas was a big issue. What's the... It was, there's a, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You know, energy the, crisis, the energy crisis, gas was huge yeah. and it was all, you know, and it all came down on him. But he is the longest living president in U.S. history. Yeah, he's um, and I think history will remember him pretty fondly because, you know, he left the White House and went back to the house that he had before the White House. You know, he was he lived a very humble life and all that. Um, what's the another thing I've forgotten now is the. uh 
the building thing he's inspired, the um, Homes for Humanity. Homes for thing. Humanity type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just um, not that other presidents, you know, a lot of other presidents, including Obama, I mean, they capitalize on their presidency. Um, but I don't think Jimmy Carter will be remembered for that. Well, Jimmy Carter, I mean, he actually, he he had boots on the ground, too, with a lot of that stuff. And, you know, people might argue, okay, it was a photo op. But the thing is, his profile initiated a lot of programs and a lot of donations. Right. Because he lent his name to it. And, uh, you know... You got a pretty good profile when you're a former president. So it was all good. And yeah, and he went back, you know, Plains, Georgia. Remember the peanut right. farmer? That's what he was. And he. <laughs> Habitat you know, for Humanity, by the way, is what Habitat I was struggling with. Yes. Homes right. for Humanity. What a couple of mm-hmm. dunderheads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back in Plains, Georgia, after the White House and operated from there. They uh, say that he's entered hospice care and decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family. He has suffered a number of health issues recently, including a melanoma that spread to his brain. And, uh, you know, when you say it like, you know, he's had a long life. Everyone says that about old people. You know who doesn't say it? Old people. Yeah. I mean, if you still, you know, let's say when he was 96 a couple years ago, even though... 96 Mm -hmm. is way beyond the North American average for males. I bet you have asked him, you know, do you still want to live? Oh, yeah. You know, he's not. He doesn't want to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Now, would Rosalind, his wife, still be around? I think she is as well. She's late. She's well into her 90s as well. I think 95, 96. How do you explain that when a couple both make it that far? Was yeah, that, I don't you know. know they were very, very religious people. Maybe the Lord looked down. I was going to say, maybe decided, Jesus. You did two that. are going to stick around for a century. <laughs> That's right. All those kids who, uh, with you know, all the starving children, no, they have to go. But you two, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now they were very religious. And wasn't he the one who said he was? It he lusted in his heart. That was his big no. thing. Or was that was that it? it? Or, well, and then there there was. I've I've committed adultery many times in my mind. Was that him or? Or, or Clinton before he no, got no, nailed. No, no, that wouldn't have been no. Clinton. <laughs> no, before he got nailed. No, One I, of them said it. So it was probably Jimmy, I guess. Yeah, I think I'm it surprised was Jimmy. he would say that. One of them said it. I've uh, committed adultery many times in my yeah, life. I've lusted in my heart. heart. Yes. Yeah. And he was, uh, as you say, he was crushed in the reelection bid, and he was beaten by uh, Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. who went on to serve two terms. When you say, though, like, you know, you, you said about an unsuccessful presidency. Again, you know, his presidency was through a, a time in the late 70s where, right. you know, the, um, America, was the whole world was in a bit of turmoil. The, uh, like I said, the, there was a gas shortage, shortages, lineups around the block to get gas. It mm-hmm. just was bad timing. But he as a guy, you know, as a, as a person for the, for the years after his uh, presidency, presidency, at least trying to do good versus trying to make himself rich. Yeah. You know, and that sort of helped Reagan because things are so cyclical and, and Reagan takes over and things go back up on an upswing. And, uh, you know, he gets to enjoy eight years as president. Mm-hmm. But that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Um, some other things going on in the news. There's still more warnings about coming to Mexico. Is there? Oh, yeah. But but specifically some 
some different provinces or different parts of it, not where we're going to be. Well, I said that to my mother-in-law yesterday. She said uh, we were talking about going to Mexico, and I hope you guys are going to be safe. Have you been reading all that stuff? And and again, I made the point to her. I said, you know, there can be a nightclub massacre in Miami, and nobody would say, "Oh, you're going to Miami." I, you know, I I hope you don't, uh, you know, I hope you're mm, safe. That's right. When so much goes on in the United States, and I know it's sort of oranges and apples, but still. You know, it's so isolated in Mexico, and, you know, it would ha- it would take a whole lot of bad luck to get caught up in that. But still, it makes the news, it's sexy news, and then people talk about it. Um, just to go back to uh, Carter for a second, Rudra Rishi Maharaj just emailed and said, that was also the time of the Iran hostages under Carter. Right. So, again, bad luck. Um, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess it is kind of, it's... It's sexy. It's provocative because a lot of Canadians and North Americans are like going to go away on vacation. If you go to Mexico, you got to be careful. Hey, listen, man. You know, you go anywhere, you've got to be careful. You know, I, well, I, this is it. I got asked. You know, you you used to work. We were used to work with this guy, Mike Rice. Nice guy. Yes. I, and again, he was like a promotion dude at uh, the radio station around the same time we were at where at Mojo. I guess. Anyway, he asked, he, he very kindly asked me to join a group of his buddies, some guys he knows down here, to golf mm-hmm. on Thursday. The yes. thing is, it's, it's all the way to Cancun, which is about an hour from where I am. Mm-hmm. And seeing off at 1.30, and they were going to have dinner after. And I, at first I said yes, and I started doing the math. Like, I wouldn't get on the road till probably 7.30 or 8. Right. And I thought about it for a day, and I just wrote him a note and said, listen, I, I know it's going to sound like I'm a big suck, but I'm not really comfortable driving mm-hmm. back to where I live, you know, in the dark. I know it sounds ridiculous. I'm just not. No, it doesn't. So, and maybe I would have 10 years ago, or maybe, but I just thought, you know, not that, again, not thinking anything would happen, but if something, if like car breaks down or something happens, I don't have enough uh, functionality in the language to make to figure it out. And I just didn't want the stress of doing it at night. So I said, listen, I can totally relate to that. In fact, I was making this point to someone recently talking about driving in Europe. I have a buddy that absolutely will not drive in Europe. He takes bus tours all the time, which is great for them. But listen, I'm not afraid to drive in Europe or even the United States, obviously. What is what continuously plays on my mind is what if something happens? What am I going to have to go through? Right. If I if I'm in Paris and I ram into the back of somebody or somebody hits me, now what? What am I going to have to go through? That's what freaks me out a bit. That's why you're a little extra cautious or you would think twice about putting yourself in a position. Well, just think about that. Even if it's not your fault, driving back from there, somebody rear ends you. It's dark and you're in Mexico. Now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the police arrive like what? That's what bothers me. And that and it, again, it's not so much the actual physical driving. It's the consequences if something happens. Well, I'm glad to. I, you know, I, first mm-hmm. of all, I knew you'd agree because, you know, you're like me. You, you, you think a little bit beyond just, well, I could. Sure, of course I could drive it. I've driven it a couple yeah. of times. Mm-hmm. But if I, you know, and I, and I drive back and forth on that road, it's the 307 between Tulum and Cancun. And right. I'm, I'm on it all the time. But in the daytime, if something happened, there's people around. I could ask for help. But, you know, and, and but by the way, at first I said yes. And then the next day I was part of a group chat and they were talking about staying after the round mm-hmm. and going for steaks and hanging out. And I've, 
at first I thought, you know, you should do that, Howard. It would be fun to hang out with a bunch of golfers and, mm-hmm. and, and have that experience in Mexico. I thought that would be cool. And then I just, it was, you know, here's what it was. It was about seven o'clock in the evening and I was noticing the light and it's basically the sun's almost done. And I thought, you know, what if, what if I'm on that road and then something happens to me? Well, why don't you golf and then just uh, pass on the on the dinner? Well, even that would get me on that road. Mm-hmm. I'd still be driving somewhere. Oh. Because the thing is, I'd be on that road between between as it's the sun starting to go down. I know this sounds extra cautious, paranoid, or whatever, but I just made the decision and just bail, uh, bailed. Um, it's, no, I get it. Um, a local story here yes. I thought was interesting because it so rarely happens. This is Milton over the weekend. A 22-year-old man has been charged with second-degree murder. It's alleged somebody broke into his home. Two people broke into his home, a burglary, and he shot and killed one of them. And now he has been charged with second-degree murder. And again, it's one of those scenarios that, you know, I have a gun in my house to protect my... The big American thing, right? I have a gun in my home to protect my home and my family. And then we've often said, how often does that actually happen? But here we are in sweet little GTA where we have one of these situations now. And I bring it up only because I want to see how it unfolds. This is going to be a fascinating story to follow. Because, again, if it's legit and, you know, the the skeptic in me looks at this story and thinks, I think there's more to this story. But right now, as it sits, two guys broke into his home, grabbed his gun shot at them, hit one, killed him, and now has been charged with second-degree murder. So, again, you're going to have two sides to this story. It's like, well, he should be able to kill the guy. He broke into his home. And then the other side where, you know, a burglary isn't worth your life. So, uh, as I say, it's going to be, if this goes to trial, when this goes to trial, because it's pretty unique for this little country to have a situation like this. Yeah, I first thing I thought of is why, why second degree murder and why not manslaughter? That's number one. But the second yeah. thing I thought mm-hmm. too is what you know. My first, actually, my first reaction is if somebody breaks into your home in Canada, are you not allowed? Is there nothing in our charter that allows for you to protect yourself and uh, your property? Well, that, th- this is why I find this so interesting. The, the gun was registered. He was a registered gun owner. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was an illegal farm, uh, firearm. That has been determined already. But shooting um, someone breaking into your home in that jurisdiction, whatever it may be, whether it's Halton Region, Toronto, Ontario, whatever the, the level of the law is, he has been charged. So we don't have and, that provision. Or we, there's got to be some provision where you're able to protect yourself with force, but maybe, as you say, maybe mm-hmm. burglary isn't... I mean, if somebody... Well, here's my question then. If those, if those people broke into his home and attempted mm-hmm. to do him harm as well, like we're struggling, mm-hmm. we're beating him up, had yeah. guns themselves, would that be... Like, is there no self-defense in that situation? I don't know. Situation? We're going to find well, that out. I, well, we are yeah. going to find it out. I think it's fascinating. Uh, Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, but again, I just, part of me, you know, sometimes you see stories and you think, ah, I think there's more to this. Two guys, I don't know. 
break into this house where the guy just happens to have a gun is is the more I'm, I'm with you know? you. by the way I'm with you on yeah. I'll go with you on on that because it does sound there's always something a little fishy to it except for this yeah if there was something more to it they would have waited to charge him yeah they they mm-hmm. would if they thought hey wait a second he knows those guys it wasn't a break in they owed him some money something something they would yeah. have they would have looked at that situation and not charged him right away or they would have you know charged him with something else you'd assume but i think this is again because it's so unique again you hear about this stuff in the states all the time it's so unique to us i think this is going to be a profile case as it unravels i, I really do mm-hmm. um and speaking of profile before we get jeff here i guess uh john tory was back in chambers or whatever to oversee some budgetary thing before yes. the family day weekend mm-hmm. i still haven't uh, I, I i think i brought it up on the show but i haven't uh, i was going to send him a note mm-hmm. i don't know what to say but and what would that note say that's what i've been sort of wondering like do i just say hey john sorry going through some bad times here humble and forever thinking about you and uh wishing you all the best i don't know what do you say to somebody? I don't know. I thought maybe you would, the hook would be, you know, I've been there, buddy. Um, like, I mean, the age thing, that's all. Oh, yeah, Something yeah. like, I, I, you know, <laughs> that's right. I know, I, I know the, the attraction is, is a little. It's, just, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's, it's hard. Lot. It's and hard. when that magnet sort of grabs you, it's hard to. It's hard to resist. Yeah. Been there, Johnny. Um, I just always see my point about him being back in chambers, though. Is he finally done? Did he actually? Yes. Uh, yeah, I think he signed his actual resignation on uh, whatever day it was, Friday afternoon or whatever. Okay. So a lot of people on council wanted him to stay. But I think he's done the right thing. I think, you know, honestly, for what happened, I don't know whether he should have resigned or whether he needs to resign. But just Toronto Council and how it's so... You want to talk about polarization and so much of um, um, Toronto Council, holier-than-thou, hypocritical, mm-hmm. self-righteous, lefty arseholes. Yes, that's um, what they're called, the lefty arseholes. <laughs> well, he, you know what? He would never have oh, been no, able to shake this. You know, so who needs and, to bother it? And he's so it, smart. It, it, you, know he, you know he knows that and thought, that's probably yeah. one of the reasons. He's like, I don't need the aggravation oh, yeah. of being mm-hmm. all these piranha nipping at me for the next three years. Um, yeah, exactly. All right, let's uh, switch gears as we do every once in a while. A chance to catch up with our dear friend, one of my best friends, and host of Jeff and Julie, moved to... Have France in the global pandemic, which, by the way, if you've looked at the charts lately, is the number one moving to France during a global pandemic podcast. That's great. Yeah. Very few people can compete in that category, and we welcome uh, Jefferson Lumbee to this program. We certainly have carved out our own lane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. Um, we're going to get to uh, really some a really funny bit coming up here with Jeff and Julie that uh, we've got some great audio. Um, but let's get right to this. I had sort of saved this for you because you and I were corresponding about it, but I never told you what I thought. Um, oh, no. Pardon me? Oh, no. Oh, no. What? 
You didn't tell me what you. No, thought. I hadn't because you know I have okay. to. Listen, I have to listen to what you think first. I see. Um, we're talking about Tiger Woods. He came back first time he's played in uh, a long time, and he and his best friend, <laughs> kind of like you and I, he and his best friend Justin Thomas were playing together on uh, Thursday or Friday, and Tiger, when he was pretty uh, fresh the first couple of days, was hitting the golf ball ridiculous lengths. In fact, he was playing with uh, Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy and was out driving them on several occasions, which is bizarre. Guy's 47. He's got a half a leg and no back. And so at one point, he out drives Justin Thomas and quietly. So apparently thought no one could see. He hands Justin Thomas a tampon as a joke. And uh, apparently some uh, high powered lens picked up the he just did it they just basically walked up to him and just handed it to him very quietly down by his side and it was picked up and of course all the shit hit the fan so why don't you pick it up from there what were your thoughts my thoughts are and i mean i I really don't care if i don't make friends over this i really don't my thoughts are oh no we (laughs) yeah exactly great five less perfect um my my thoughts are if if we can't if we can't have a nominal amount of fun at the expense of you know John Cleese said this the best every single joke has a victim every single joke ever made has some victim somewhere victim so you know this was just a gag between guys it's no different than the dick out there's no different than the dick out rule. If you don't hit it past the, the, the women's tees in golf, the, everybody jokes. All right. Get pull your dick out. Yeah. Which, by the way, is it, we'll get to that. Is that one of the most bizarre things that guys do with each other? Um, yeah, but I'd say, yeah, it's mm-hmm. pretty bizarre. And, and I disagree to one point like that. That's a fun little thing that guys will say to each other when they're just playing privately. But Tiger Woods isn't everybody isn't just a couple of guys playing golf. It's not just you and me and Freddie and Dan. No, no, I get that. But I, I, I'm just saying that the guys chirp. That's oh, what yeah. we do. We chirp one another. That's how it works. And that, it, to me, that's just a chirp. And if you want to get into the scientific facts of why men can hit the ball harder and further than women, um, they're all there for you to see. The women's tees are, 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 mm-hmm. are structured in it. In, in a manner and place that suits their physical makeup. That Those are just facts. So it's just, to me, it's just a joke. It's not, uh, I, I don't think it's disparaging on women in, in the least. It's just that, it, Absolutely. you know, uh, John McEnroe, John McEnroe said, uh, yes, she's the, uh, Serena Williams' greatest uh, tennis player in the world in, in, in of all time. Mm-hmm. On the women's side, would probably rank about 236th or 237th on no. the men's side. No, he said 700. Absolutely mock. Oh, did he say 700th? Yeah, he And would said absolutely, you know, a guy who's a, a, a top 100 player would absolutely mop the floor with the number one uh, w- woman. But, but the, see, this is the problem. We shouldn't be comparing women to men. Yeah, but let's get back to the incident. Respect. So, Freddie, because you. But let's well, get no, back but, to the incident for a second. No, I know, I know. Sorted. But let's unpack that yeah. part in a second. So, Fred, and when you heard it, what were your thoughts? My uh, exactly what Jeff said. Um, but 
what across my mind was in 2023, that was a pretty risky thing to do. Right. Given cameras, scrutiny, the whole woke movement, I'm thinking, why would he, why there? Like it's uh, during a practice round or, you know, the guys just getting together. When he's at a tournament and the cameras are on, why would you take that chance in 2023? That's the only thing that crossed my mind, sort of from a negative standpoint. Like, wow, what were you thinking? But it the actual. Been, it couldn't have been more discreet, though, right? No, I, no, no, no I, I get that. I. I, 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 I I get all that, but what I'm saying, the actual thing, I think it's funny. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And, and another observation, it, it, you know, it was Tiger Woods. Like I told my mother-in-law didn't know about it. I was visiting her yesterday and Dilly says, well, tell her. And I told her she starts laughing right. because it was Tiger Woods. Maybe if it was somebody else, she would have had a different take on it. So, you know, it's sort of multifaceted this thing. And that's what I was going to say. I agree. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. my take is there's no debating. The difference in physicality. And people will always come up to me and say, what about Nellie Corda? And what about so-and-so? I go, okay. But even Nellie Corda, who roasts it for a woman, isn't going to hit it anywhere with the ball speed. I think that's undebatable. But what what my takeaway is the Tiger nerd that I am is why, why, why do it? Because why do it in that situation? Do it at home when you play with Justin. They, they play together all the time. But in that situation, knowing the scrutiny that was going to come and the follow, which is just, you know, he, you know, he quickly had to apologize, as you would imagine. That was the only thing I thought, Jeff, is that why, why bother in that situation? Yeah. But I, I will say. Can't disagree. I, I thought the fallout would be a lot bigger than it was. It sort of came and went like that. I, I'm just surprised, given what we're dealing with. Well, That's a good got, point. He got in front of it, though. Yeah. That's true. He got in front of it, though. And that always helps. That yep. always helps when you do that. Yeah. And, you know, Go Tiger ahead. basically said what Jeff said. You know, listen, man. You know, I was just this one of my buddies. Mm-hmm. This was just a little gag, a thing. You know, I, I don't, for you non-golfers, that thing that Jeff said about the dick out, it's just the most bizarre thing. It's the most bizarre right. thing. The idea is if you're playing with your buddies and one of them dribbles one and it doesn't get mm-hmm. past the ladies' tee, strangely enough, he's supposed to take his dick out, which is a penalty for who exactly? Like, that yeah. part's always, <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I've never, has, have you ever seen anyone do it? No. I, I've no. never, no. No. No, no, you just say it. No one yeah. ever does it. You <laughs> no, just I say know. it. Hey, hey and they're, you're wrong. They're, out with the dick. Mm-hmm. How or, about this? you say stuff like, is your skirt a little tight today? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, yeah. is it, is it yeah. that time of yeah. the month and all that stuff? Nice so. shot, Nancy. Hey, exactly. Yeah, and, but but like, if you're Tiger Woods, it's your first tournament back, the entire planet is, is golf planet is focused on you. And as discreet as he tried to do it, like he literally had his hand down by his pocket and he sort of nudged Justin and, you know, they, how, how he thought that he was going to get away with it in this day and age. It's just, well, I just I thought think, that was a little bit strange. Well, that's the thing, Howard. That's what bothers me about it. He, I guess on some level, he thought he was going to get away with it because it would be so discreet and, you know, a little handoff. But um, again, you can't take those chances now with everybody having a camera in their hand. You just no. can't. <laughs> let, let me open yet another large can of worms. What do you think uh, uh, is, is, is a bigger threat to, to women's sport? Something like that? Or a biological man who's transitioning into a female, female people competitively. To me, it's the end of women's sports. The end of women's sports. If, if trans people 
who are biologically men then move into the women's sports, they're done. Everything's done. Swimming, golf, anything that's a solo sport, it's over. Even soccer. I, I totally agree. And, you know, and I, I've heard several families or young uh, women swimmers and golfers. And, you know, I, I think it was a, a U.S. swimmer. Her dad said, you know, all those mornings of getting up at five o'clock and taking my daughter to swim practice and everything so she could compete against other women and maybe one day get to the Olympics or achieve whatever she could. Now, yep. all of a sudden, all that work. Now she has to compete against a man, and it's a man. I'm sorry, like physically. It's a man. And and you know what bothers me about that situation as well? They have come up with the solution. Let's have a transgender division. Like, what more can you ask for? Like, men, women, transgender. Not good enough. Nope, can't do that. Why? Yeah, I think think when it comes to individual sports like that, it is, you know, it's hard to imagine – as I said, you know, there's if you took a, a young, you know, late teen, early 20s male collegiate golfer who decided to transition, mm-hmm. the advantage that person would have speed wise is just it's not in, they're not in this. It wouldn't be in the same category. Apples and oranges. A- apples and oranges. And, and whether it would, you know, and really that is the solution, I think, mm-hmm. what you said about create a category that those that trans can 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 compete with each other but i also understand why trans people want to be want to be thought of as the gender that they are transitioning into i just think when it comes to sports it's a real problem because it is an unfair advantage both ways well that's right you i mean you nailed it it's you know, logic at some point has to take over. We understand you're transitioning and you want to be recognized, but there's a line here when it comes to physical activity and sport that now it's not fair to the people like the young girls that have trained. It's not fair to them. So be logical about it. How about this? Your own division. So all what, for you. But what if it was the other way? What if it was a young woman who transitioned and, to a man? That's another division. Well, yeah. Or you go in the same division. It's trans. Whether you, no matter which way you go, you're in the trans. And and just to bring it back to regular to you mm-hmm. know the regular nonsense that we talk about. You know, I I really think it's funny though. As as much as there's an advantage that that men have physically, I love hearing guys at the golf course say, "Oh man, if I was playing from the same tees as those chicks, you know, I could be blah blah blah." I'm like, dude. <laughs> Okay, why don't you go to the fucking red tees and see if you shoot 16 under for the next four days? You know, that's ridiculous. I I, I played hockey against uh, some of the, the, back in the day, some of the best uh, Canadian women hockey players and just lost in their dust. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely lost in their dust. But having said that, they tried an experiment, I think it was five or six years ago, where the Canadian women's um, national team, hockey, played a triple-A midget team and lost. And they quickly stopped that experiment. Mm -hmm. You know, so, again, it all depends on the situation. And I've been bringing my mother-in-law up a lot through this. And you talk about generation and attitudes and everything. That woman watches hour after hour after hour after hour of golf. And then I told her about the Tambon thing. And then she said to me, you know, I've never watched a minute of the LPGA. Mm -hmm. She has no interest whatsoever. Well, this well, current, for, what, for whatever that's worth, ahead, you know, it's just she wants to be entertained. She watches sure. the men. Yeah. Well, I, I think 
women's tennis and women's golf has just evolved so much in the last 10 or 15 mm-hmm. years. Uh, and and I, I don't want to say especially tennis, but the, 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 the speed of the women's tennis game is just enormous. I mean, go and watch Chrissy and, and Martina from 1983 and then and then watch some of the stuff that's happening today. It's just it's, they're not even comparable. So, I mean, the, the, everything's gone up. Jeff, it's exactly the same. I would, you know, if, you know, Annika Sorenstam famously uh, the number one female player of all time, uh, 15, 20 years ago, played in a men's golf tournament. Didn't make the cut, but held her own. But the speeds that she was hitting a golf ball 20 years ago are nothing like Brooke Henderson. Brooke Henderson and Nellie Corda and a couple of the other women, uh, Lexi Thompson, they, I used to think that I, you know, a good amateur golfer was similar speeds to a LPGA tour player. Not anymore. Like they are re- they are way, as you said, they've, gr- they've gained in speed the same way that women's tennis has. Yeah. And and, you know, the the women's tennis game, uh, you, you know, the only difference now, because they they thanks to St- our friend Stacy, they make the same money uh, as the men do on the majors. The only difference now is that the majors, they're still playing two, two out of threes instead of, uh, uh, you know, of three out of fives. So uh, but they want to. The women want to play mm. the same amount of the games as as the men do. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I see where the frustration comes from. Can you imagine if Brooke Henderson was accomplishing what she accomplishes, has accomplished? It was a, a man, a Canadian man on the men's tour, the attention he'd be getting. Because what she's done is absolutely remarkable, but it's still just sort of over there a bit. Yeah, I in agree. general conversation. She's already. If that was a man doing the same thing on the men's tour. She's already the most successful professional golfer Canada has ever produced, including Mike Weir. She's won more tournaments. She's in a, and, and she's still a kid, man. She's, I don't think she's 25 yet. Another, here's another point. Canada, again, and to me it's becoming very tedious, Canada against the U.S. women's hockey. You know what I mean? There's only two teams in that league, and to me it gets to be a bit tedious. But they're, it, it does. So, But they're playing a best-of-seven North American um, challenge series. Imagine if that was NHL players, Canada against the, the attention it would get. Anyway, U.S. won the first three games. Canada has come back to win um, the last three games, so it's tied 3-3, game seven tomorrow night. Have you heard anybody talk about that? I know you're in Mexico and you're in France, but me here, sitting here in Canada as a sports guy, even looking at the sports pages, it's way, way over there. Mm. And I see why they're frustrated, because if that was Canada against the U.S. NHL players, we'd be totally gripped by it. No, for sure. But, but no attention. However, I do, mm-hmm. I do watch the women at, at the Olympics, uh, just yes. as I would the, the men. You know, but that's not a sport in that case. That's an event. You yeah. know, you know what I mean? And, so. I, and I know I'm a bigger golf nerd than both of you combined, but I will yeah. watch. Like Brooke Henderson, if she's in contention, I'll watch that. I watch the odd LPGA tournament because, frankly, I can relate at least a little mm-hmm. bit more to what they're hitting, how far they hit it. Plus, they're really mm-hmm. fucking good. Like they are. I mean, but to your mother-in-law's point, like. It just doesn't have the same appeal. They don't play for the same money. Brooke Henderson, uh, when she won a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. it was like their tournament of champions. The equivalent male tournament, the first prize would be between two and three million. I think she won three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's decent money, but it's not marquee money, and it has to well, do with like, what yeah, you're where, saying. Where, yeah, go ahead. Whereas in tennis, it's whereas in tennis, it's now equal money, Amazing. and and. 
you know, at the majors, uh, which is which is huge. It's huge for women, you know. And in a situation like tennis, and and the men would endorse that because they know it, it's not going to affect their prizes or purses or whatever. So mm-hmm. they can say, "Yeah, give it to the women." It's not like we're sharing this thing. So I mean, they have that. Uh, they have that going for them. Hey, Jeff, I got a question for you because that surprises me. I, I think I'd heard it before, but because the, the the inequity in in female male sports sports comes from eyeballs and sponsorship. That's why Brooke Henderson won three hundred thousand versus three million. So where does this is? Or should, let me put it this way: the sponsorship in female women's tennis must still be pretty good if they're making the same prize money. Well, look, look here, here's something I think that happened uh, between the two sports, men's and women's tennis. Men's tennis got really boring because the serves got just absolutely enormous and the points were mm-hmm. over really quickly. And at the same time, you had uh, people like Serena who were just belting that ball across the, the, the net cord and uh, it wasn't lob ball like it once was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I actually, uh, there was a time where I would sooner watch women's tennis than men's tennis just because the, the, the style of the game is very similar it's just the speed is knocked down a bit, and therefore the rallies go further. So it's mm. not just like serve point over, and that's what was happening that's, with men's oh, tennis. That's interesting. But also and sponsorship, Howard, yeah, must have been. Well, you talk about revenue generation. Look, the Canadian women's soccer team, they went on strike last week because they want to be paid yeah. the same as the men's national soccer team. But the problem, they just don't generate the revenue that the men do. Right. You know, they have a friendly at BMO Canada men's against Jamaica and the place is full. Well, the women just, I'm sorry, simply do not do that. So it's so you're asking for equal pay and equal compensation when you don't come close to generating the revenue that the men do. I mean, that's again, that's just another reality that you have to deal with. Okay. I, I think the the structure of the game is a little bit different, and I think tennis in tennis, mm. I think th- there are the eyeballs for it, especially at a U.S. Open. You know, well, and you think about that. You you make a good point. I mean, yes, the, the last twenty years have seen some superstars in male tennis, but the the same period has had Serena, Venus Williams. I mean, those are those are celebrities as well as tennis players. Um, yeah. And speaking of celebrities, Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, the most uh, listened to uh, pandemic of uh, moving to France um, podcast. Uh, recently on an episode, there was uh, an incident. I have the audio standing by. So uh, you set this up and. Uh, yeah, let's 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 make more enemies today. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, and please don't hate us. Uh, I, I'm going to this. This to me is is uh, akin to um, uh, the chuckles, the clown funeral on Mary Tyler Moore when everybody just that something happens and you just start giggling. And Julie, I didn't know all this about Toulouse Lautrec that he was he had a disability with his legs and they didn't grow. It's just the way Julie starts this story, and I can't stop laughing. And then I trigger her. And we're horrible people. That's that's the only thing I can say here. I don't think so at all. And I think people will agree after we hear this. By the way, what episode is this from? This is from uh, our, our la- latest episode, episode 57. And, uh, you know, I, I will say this in, in fairness. There's no one who's endured more short jokes than me. So <laughs> have at it. All right. Have a listen. Uh, he lived a very short life, only 36 years. Uh, he had some physical issues. His mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I'm not sure if he had rickets or if he broke his legs, but his his don't do it. <laughs> 
<clears throat> but his legs never grew. <laughs> so awful. I honestly don't think I'm going to be able to make it through this. <laughs> Just throw the word rickets in there. <laughs> That's where I lost the rickets. <laughs> Why did you throw that in there? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> but his legs never. <laughs> okay, now we can't do this. Okay. <clears throat> But his legs never grew. Um, his torso did, however. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just. You keep adding on. Oh my God. Just say his legs never grew. So he. You know. He, he couldn't play basketball. <laughs> oh, oh God. We're evil people. Yeah. So his legs never grew, and his height was four foot six. And he felt really awkward about that, didn't feel like he could socialize with with the general population. So instead, he he socialized with circus performers and... <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> oh, it's you guys. There you go. Do you guys have any Terry Fox jokes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. Sounds to me like she's married to Toulouse to Trill. That's right. Um, uh, That's episode. What number is that? You said 54? The 57, the latest 57, all right. That is not not included in the episode. This is for you. All right. Well, it was great. I've I've listened to it a couple times now, and I love it, man. It's just one of my favorite moments from uh, my favorite couple. Listen, great appearance, as always. I'll be talking to you in a little about about an hour and a half or something. Is it? it? Why? I thought you were going to, you wanted to do a chat today. We don't have to, because I got other shit to do. We can talk in it. Yeah. Well, I've already talked to you now. Oh, yeah. No, we can do that. In an hour and a half? Okay, sure. Do you not read the notes? Do not read the fucking notes (laughs) you send me. Oh, God. Jeff and Julie moved to France. On a global pandemic, a humble and Fred production, and happy to have them in the family. And give my best to uh, Miss Sweet Julie. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Take care. See you in an hour. That's so funny, man. (laughs) Um, Why don't we take care of a little business here? Yeah, like the Chambers Plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, you might want to check this out. Go to chamberplan.ca. All the information is there, how your small uh, company can become part of the Chamber Plan. You join a bunch of other small companies and, you know, all of a sudden you have the profile of a big company, which means purchasing insurance, you know, prescriptions and dental and travel and all sorts of therapies becomes doable. And you'll find that out if you go to chamberplan.ca today. All sorts of testimonials. Again, all the information is there. Uh, what it takes to become part of it, what it's going to cost you. You'll learn that uh, they've kept uh, a handle on the uh, premiums over the past several years. Very important for small business, obvious. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. And, of course, our program is Baked Fresh Every Day, brought to you by GoDaddy. Empower small business, speaking of which. 
entrepreneurs as well. Servicing over 20 million customers, 25 years strong. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You know what I'm talking? There's no better time than now to do it. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring it all to life with their free and friendly 24-7 phone support. That's right. You call somebody. They talk to you, you talk to them, you ask them questions, and they're there to help you uh, every step of the way. You can even start your website today for free. No credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Now, I uh, just uh, this was coincidentally uh, only, I didn't plan this, but as I was looking at the audio I just played for all of us, which I do on a, I do it on a, a program where I just can set all the audio for the show, including the intros and Dan's news and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this morning, and I don't know why I have it here. I think it was because we, a year or so ago, we did our little, uh, you know, number one in uh, 97 DJ show. Remember we did that little thing? Right. Yes. And I had, I must have picked this out to play from that CD. Hmm. But that little bit with Jeff and Julie cracking up reminds me of this. This morning, another Humble and Fred show. There's nothing funny about what we're going to tell you, but um, it's just a weird little story. Guy was at Pearson Airport yeah. yesterday, and he was taking the ashes of his mother back home to China, wasn't right. it? Well, someone stole mm-hmm. the urn with her ashes, mm-hmm. thinking it was something else. And now there's somebody walking around, some thief walking around with uh, Poon Sao. Poon Sao, the mother. Poon Sao is the mother. So, <laughs> Humble and Fred just want to tell you. <laughs> if you have Poon Sao, give her back! <laughs> okay. We've officially lost control of the program. <laughs> the host sets out. <laughs> okay. You're back right now. The Humble and Friends Show. Yeah, they'll try again tomorrow. Weekday mornings on CFNY 102.1. That's how old that was, man. That's an old clip of this show. And, I, and honestly, I hadn't planned this. I, I mm. just saw it there while I was playing the other clip. I'm like, I wonder if that's the... You and I were laughing there so hard we couldn't talk. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's a long time ago. I miss, I love that. I used to love that promo music. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. It was very Even cool. Dan lost it there for Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even Dan, the great professional Dan Duran. <laughs> uh, just quickly before he joins us again, I'm, I'm not sure if I hope this isn't one of his news stories. We talked about John Tory retiring. Right. Resigning, I guess. Did you see who else is uh, who is throwing their hat in the ring? Uh, no. This came from our uh, Hundy P. Mike Zanet, Michael Zanet. Yeah. And it uh, turns out our old buddy, Frank D'Angelo, thinks he might, <laughs> thinks he might want to run for mayor. Wow. I know. Is he still doing a show? I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of his name in quite some time. Yeah, you haven't heard much of him. Nope. Lately. No TV commercials? 
displaying his hockey skills. No half-hour show on CHCH that he paid for. No movies he's produced and starred in that he paid for. Remember, remember the day we were on his show? Yeah. What was it called again? Entertaining Frank or Frank? Something like Becoming Frank something, or something. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. Him telling us that he had had some bites from NBC and CBS about doing a late night talk show. Oh, yeah. That was the day we. Oh, was, really? It was you and I and Carla. Carla Collins were the guests that day. And Jim Taddy was the uh, sidekick right. announcer. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling sad for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, guy. <laughs> yes, guy. You know, it was funny those things that came up during the early days of doing this there was that me those meetings we had with frank's people he wanted us to be on his he had a internet television sports thing he was going to produce there were a lot of ideas floating around 11 12 years ago not just around us but around the early days of this kind of digital broadcast yourself world which is predating twitch predates a lot of stuff yeah i don't know if it's called pro stars or yeah, Some something like stars that. thing. And remember, at one point, his idea was for us to sort of abandon our podcast and come over yeah. and front that. And it was like, okay, really, what's in this for us? And it didn't make a lot of sense. I remember the day going over to the uh, brewery or the factory, and they have a restaurant out front, remember? Yeah. And he invited us for lunch. And we walk in, and I went to sit down, or you went to sit down. He says, no, no, that's my chair. I can never have my back to the door. That's right. The answer is just like the godfather. (laughs) And we're like, is this guy, that's funny, but maybe he's serious. Maybe he's serious. No, I remember they had quite the setup. They were going to have a bunch of different shows, and they... It was pretty ambitious when you think about it. It was sort of like Twitch. You know, they were going to have a bunch of different sports people and you and I were going to anchor it and be the, you know, I don't know what we were going to be. But like I said, there were a lot of ideas floating around us in those days. I know what eventually it was some kind of a phone in sports show and he used to have uh, Phil Esposito on the phone every mm-hmm. day from Tampa and John Gallagher was part of it for a while Bill Waters our old friend Bill Waters was part of it uh, but again I don't know where it's at you know anything like that in Canada is so hard because you just we just don't have marquee the way that Americans do yeah, we don't have the numbers as well yeah yeah it's so, again, it was a gallant effort, but, uh, you know, here we are. We don't even know what's come of it. We don't even know if it still exists. So, so do you want me to tell you this story uh, before the news or after the news? Oh, you decide. Dan knows what it is. What do you think, Dan? Should I do this before the news? I think before the news. All right. Let's get to it. This is Italian romance? No, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just romance. <laughs> so... You know, the last uh, long-term relationship that I was in with GFR, and many, many times prior to GFR, I was on this app called uh, Tinder. You may have heard of it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I was that's sort of in the modern world how you sort of meet people. You put a profile up, whether it's Tinder or Match or whatever. <clears throat> Golf singles is one that I'm on. Oh. Really? <laughs> I've never. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I've oh, never. Okay. Uh, I've never posted on it, but I signed up for it because I thought, why not? That seems like a great idea. In theory, 
Does it well, have a bunch I, of, of girls like uh, golfing? In it? Yes, that's why it's called. Go- no, it has a bunch of girls that like tennis. <laughs> no, but it's, it show their swing. Is that the? No, it doesn't show their swing, although I'd like to see their swing before I take them out. That's a good idea. They well, should. And wouldn't that be a bit of a recipe for disaster? So you get you meet this person, you're on the golf course together, and you start criticizing or critiquing her swing. Right off right out of the right off the bat, it's like you know, well, stop I probably yeah, I probably wouldn't do that right out of the bat. You know, the same way. I, uh, no, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be able to resist. No, I would, trust me. <laughs> Listen, I've played with you, I don't criticize you. I mean, <laughs> But I'm not quite a woman. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Although I was talking about our show with some neighbors yes. here that are friends of David's. And they were sort of, uh, they're really nice people. And they, I haven't really spoken to them very much. This is, I'm just going to put a pin in this other thing for a second. And I was telling them about what I do. You know, and the one guy's from Australia. And I, I know it was late in the day. And maybe they were a bit, he was a bit tipsy. But he said, I don't understand. So you've been working with this man for 33 years. I said, yes. He goes, are, they, are, you, are you two partners? I said, what? <laughs> he said, are you married? I said, no, I'm not married to Fred. Although I did say he's, he's one of I said, it's my longest relationship, but I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so what I'm getting at is for the last, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, Dan, maybe you've been on Tinder before you met, yeah. before you met Lisa. Yeah. And nowadays, it's not very, uh, it's rare, I should say, to, to meet somebody in person and sort of, you know, have, ask them out. Mm. Mm. So for the last few weeks, I've been going to this coffee shop. It's about a block and a half from me every day or so. And I go in there and I, you know, there's a bunch of people who speak Spanish. So I go there to speak my little Spanish and I order what I need in Spanish and I make little jokey jokes. And I, there was a woman there. Age appropriate, probably a late 40s, maybe early 50s. Just gorgeous, beautiful, a Spanish woman. And I, would, I talk to her uh, every so often. I've talked to her a couple times. And, you know, she speaks pretty good English, Italian and Spanish. And I was, you know, struggling with my Spanish. And then I thought, you know, I, I asked the woman who runs the coffee shop. I said, you know, almost like high school. I said, is, uh, is she like single? Or? And it's funny because the woman who runs the coffee shop, again, doesn't speak great English. She said, are you looking for a girlfriend? I went, yeah, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I said, always. So um, anyway, long story on uh, the weekend, I saw this woman again. And I was talking to her while she was hanging out. And I said, hey, would you like to have like a coffee with me? Like officially sort of whatever. And she said, yes. And so on Sunday, we met. And uh, we met for like an hour and a half and had coffee together. And then at the end of that coffee, I asked her on a real date. So I'm taking her out for dinner on uh, Wednesday, which is great. I mean, she's beautiful and, and very, very sweet. But it's more about the story is more about like doing it in person mm-hmm. was just so weird. Like I hadn't done it like, you know, because she could have easily just said no. I mean, who, you know, I'm just some old, you know, Canadian. Is she so? What's her story? She is single. She's single. Lives there. She she teaches at the school here, and she's lived in Italy. um, And uh, is separated, divorced from her husband, and uh, you know has been is from Mexico City, and speaks like she speaks way better English than I speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she's uh, she's uh, muy bonito. So she lives in that town. Yes. So you're probably going to end up seeing where she lives well she has her i don't think so i mean i don't listen i don't know i'm it you know i mean i don't want to be 
no, I, coy I now, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, I just more, it was an interesting to do it in person, and I'm, I'm not, I have no plans to. I mean, I'm going to take her out for dinner, and I'm going to. The drag of it is, mm. I'm. I've been here for almost four weeks, and my bro, my brother and his girlfriend are coming back Thursday. It's almost like the parents are coming home. Mm-hmm. Like, like it would have been great if I'd have met her like the first week I was here because I would have had three and a half weeks here on my own. But right. Anyway, well, I'm saying I've said that like you might find out. You know, go to her place and be able to scout out where you're going to stay next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So um, on the on the yeah. app uh, on the app a Tinder app, you're yes. you're swiping and uh, there's no real getting nervous about asking. Were you nervous when absolutely you, you I was? Sort of- yeah. Um, the thing is, I asked the woman that runs the coffee shop last week. I said, "Is uh, is she going to be here this weekend?" And she said, "Yeah." And that's when she asked me if I was looking for a girlfriend. I said, okay. So I got up that morning and I shaved and I had a shower and put on a clean t-shirt and I, you know, sauceed over there. And yeah, I was nervous a little more, you know, not overly so. I mean, she could have just said no, senior. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I got some buying signals. And after talking to her for a few minutes, we were just having their standing there while a bunch of people were milling around. I, and I sort of asked her out. It was weird, but it was cool. It was fun doing it in person. Did you look at the stats? Well, that's your, very exciting. I'm sorry, Dan. What was your question about stats? Stats on your uh, watch and your heart and everything else. For that <laughs> of time, <did> you? <laughs> yes. I made sure my heart rate was down. Yeah. Anyway, so I've been messaging back and I got her number. You know, I asked her for her number like an old fashioned dude. She gave me her number and we uh, arranged to meet the next day. And then now we've been messaging back and forth and uh, talking about what restaurant we were going to go to. And yeah. It's very exciting. Uh, it is. Like, I mean, that's, you know, might have, what a life you're leading at <laughs> 60, what, three now? And yes. I, mean, I know how old and, I am. And uh, married and you to you? Her, what, early 50s, maybe? <laughs> oh, no. She's not in, she might be 49 or 48, maybe 49, 50. I don't think she's 50. She has a 13-year-old kid, but right. I don't think she's mm-hmm. in her 50s. She looks... Uh, yeah, she's very, I was describing her to my brother. She looks like Lady Friend, if Lady Friend were older in Spanish. Like very similar. Oh. Very similar. Mm. Not, wow. not my, my type at all. So you're, when is uh, David coming back? Thursday. And you're in the, in the date is Wednesday. Wednesday night, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm just saying <laughs> that's one... Because let's face it, I mean, two middle-aged, I will say, let me use middle-aged consenting adults. Like, I'm I'm just sitting here. I can only imagine how that end, evening's going to end. But anyway. Hmm. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't end with me making that noise. <laughs> now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wine, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the Eggerman, comes, has the credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the Eggerman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Yeah, it is. And now, live from my house in Toronto, the Humble and Fred Studios, with news and views. Uh, and now they're at. 
The average penis is a lot bigger than it was oh, 30 really? years ago, according to a new study. The world's average penis size has grown a staggering 24% on average over the last three decades, mm. according to a professor of urology at Stanford Medicine. It's compiled a data set which measured the, I didn't even know this data set existed, the uh, average erect penis length of 55,000 men taken between 1942 and 2021. <laughs> His findings, uh, which were uh, published in the World Journal of Men's Health, showed a large increase in recent years. It said maybe cause for concern rather than celebration. The increase happened over a relatively short period of time. Any overall change in the development is concerning because our reproductive system is one of the most important pieces of human biology. I'd agree with that. Uh, and we're seeing a fast change. that means something powerful is happening to our bodies. It's unclear exactly what that would be, though he made points that it could be chemical exposure, junk food, or just sedentary lifestyles as possible culprits in the expanding penis Okay. Well, I don't know. Do do we even need to make all the jokes we're going to make, or do people just assume the jokes we're going to make? Or well, I, I was surprised he selected this story because he just bashed the door down. Did he not? <laughs> I was proud of him, actually. Yeah, I'm proud of you, man. The, yeah, mm-hmm. that you, you know? went there. It's yeah. Maybe now that Clifford's passed, you feel free to be more of an <laughs> more inappropriate. Without the moral eyes. Without the moral eyes of Clifford looking at you. You can make all the dick jokes you want. Yeah, and what's attached to you and the fun we make of you, I just, I was surprised, again, that you opened that door. Um, like, I guess, yeah, I don't know what to say, Howard, other than... Well, I think part of the reason is... It's a lot of chemicals. <laughs> That's right. It's all the uh, aspartame. Yeah. Um, I think, the, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the measuring, like, is it because that's a, the debate is, is, is it from the base or is it underneath the back in the because some guys will they start measuring like way up near their asshole. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, hey, like, don't try and don't tell me where it is inside your body. Oh, OK. Here's an idea. Get Senorita to measure yours on Wednesday. Hey, night. now, come on. <laughs> Why? Where this is off, we're, we're, this off limits for a while. We'll see. All right, all right. Like she's listening. Why don't you get your mother-in-law to measure yours? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking talk about her enough. Hey, June. Okay. Or hey, uh, what's her name? Joan. Hey, Joan. Come on over here. <laughs> And make sure you go right by my, my butthole, because that's where I'm, I'm measuring it from. Mm. Well, I hope we didn't disappoint you, Dan. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd bring it up. Oh, know. did you? Some, um, it's something the show uh, likes to focus on, so. Mm, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Dan's, Dan is so big, he, he, has to, he just measures it from, like, regular, you know, the rest of us are all, like, fucking somewhere around our back. <laughs> Uh, Dan, I gotta go. I got some. Okay. Uh, I got something to do at nine. Uh, so I want to thank uh, Jeff Lumby. Uh, thanks to all the folks that uh, sent us some nice notes uh, on your behalf and to you directly. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, tomorrow on the show, what is that? Wednesday. Oh, Simon Rakoff will be here. That's interesting. Oh, He's a good right. boy, Simon. Oh. You know, Simon, didn't he write for your sports show? Uh, something, something like that years right. ago, yes. Uh, we've crossed paths over the years, so yes. Uh, he's a very funny stand-up comedian. I've worked with him several times recently as well. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, everyone, stay safe and strong. Stay safe and strong. Stay safe and strong.
Safe and strong. Safe and strong. This, this episode of Humble Afraid was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails. We really enjoy them. And Hubble and Fred at HubbleandFredRadio.com is where you can send them. Liking and subscribing really helps us all out. And so does giving us all the hearts and stars. Let's uh, let's the rating get on the, on the map, and we might uh, get more listeners that way. So, for Hubble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, life is special. Treat it that way. And enjoy every Gordan day. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?